it's really important to recognize that values for individual change over time and the value that you perceive in the role changes over time and depending on where you are in your career. So when you're starting out, the job is the most important thing. As you start to go through your career and you get much more experience, it becomes very much more about a fit with the organisation because we can do the job and the capabilities are okay, but it's then about do my values as an individual align with the organisation's values. This podcast is brought to you by Merksec, the specialists in security, search and recruitment solutions. Visit MerckSec.com to connect today. Welcome to Destination Cyber, the podcast where we sit down with cyber industry leaders and movers and shakers and find out what makes them tick. We explore their careers, the mistakes they made, trials and tribulations, lessons learnt, and the invaluable insights and knowledge they've picked up along the way. Now here's your host, Lachlan Korn. Good morning, good afternoon, and or good evening to all our viewers. In this week's episode, we will be speaking with Kate Rawlings. Kate works as a senior consultant at Logicalis Australia. Kate has worked across multiple industries throughout her career, including telecommunications, public sectors, health, and others. Throughout this time, Kate has also moved through digital communication and innovation roles. I look forward to uncovering all her valuable life and career experiences. I am your host, Lachlan Korn, and this is Destination Cyber. Hello, Kate, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on and being so accommodating with your time, still trying to adjust to all the Canadian versus Australian times. How are you going today? I'm going really well, Lachlan, and it's great to be here with you. Yeah, likewise. Um, so now, to start off our episodes, we generally like just to get an overview of, first of all, yourself and what it is that you are currently do. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I know the intro was senior consultant at Logicalis Australia, uh, and that's true. But my role is changing a little bit at the moment and uh, I'm stepping into a slightly a broader function, which will be managing consultant for security and governance. And I really love working here at Logicalis Australia because we have a saying that we are architects of change and we help organisations to succeed in the digital first world. Uh, across the business, we've got uh, lifecycle services in security, uh, cloud, connectivity and collaboration. And that helps organisations reduce risk, uh, optimise operations and empower employees. I work in the consulting and advisory practice and help organisations with IT strategy, obviously cybersecurity, information management and protection. And often my work is to develop and align the IT and cybersecurity and information management with our customers' business and strategic goals. I see. So it's translating your services to integrate into the business models. Is that correct? It, it really is. If you don't know what you're trying to protect as an organisation, if you don't know what your critical assets are, it's very difficult for the technology to actually deliver the security requirements that are needed. So it's being able to articulate that into IT and, and cybersecurity and equally, being able to take some of the issues or challenges that people are seeing in that cybersecurity space and being able to translate that back into, and what does this mean for our business? What does this mean for our level of risk or exposure? 
I see. And what kind of risks and exposures would your would your role in your company be really searching for? Are there specific ones that are more common or more dangerous to be looking out for? Or is it really broad and it's just there's just too much to almost cover? It's really dependent on the organization because each organization is operating uh, in an industry uh, and has a different threat landscape. An organization that does research and development and is highly innovative is really going to be focused on protecting their intellectual property. An organization that is more public sector is re- and therefore holds a lot of information about people in the community is really going to be focused on on securing the privacy of the information that they hold. And then there's a whole gamut in between those as well. So it really differs depending on the organisation and the industry. I see. It feels like a very, I mean, niche in the sense of the cybersecurity realm. I mean, where, where did this all start? I mean, this is not something that you generally say, yes, I'm in fifth grade, sixth grade, I'm in high school and I want to become, you know, a, a managing in the, in the cybersecurity realm. And how, how did that all begin? Where did that start? Yeah, it's interesting. The, there's a great saying I heard when I was at school. It was that people uh, in year 10, um, in that sort of later years in high school, um, half of them will go on to work in careers that haven't been invented yet. So for me, uh, when I was at school, uh, computers were not quite mainstream yet. They were starting to become available, but it wasn't something like it is today where there's computers almost in every classroom. So it's very difficult to have predicted that I would have ended up in cybersecurity back then when the internet wasn't really around um, or widely available and computers and the technology that we have today at our fingertips wasn't really there either. I see. And what do you think is a fulfilling part of your position? Why, why do you come to work every day and, and complete all the, the stuff that you need to do? Is, is there a specifically a, an intrinsic motivation or is there just something that really makes your mind tick when you, when you come into work? I, I've always liked helping people. And for me, in my role, it's making a difference to the organisation. They come to Logic Carlos Australia because they need help because they can't deliver uh, an outcome on their own and we can absolutely help them and make that difference and help them to to make that change and be that change and live that change for their organisation. And that makes them better and stronger uh, and more resilient. And I think in this world at the moment, it's a matter of when you become attacked, it's not if. And therefore being able to help organisations build their cyber resilience is absolutely critical. And is a cyber resilience when you when you refer to that, is that more on a reactive approach or a proactive approach? Good question. It does depend on the organization and where the organization is at. We typically have two paths, if you like, that we work with organizations on. One is the proactive. Uh, so this is I haven't been breached yet but I'm aware of what I need to do in the cybersecurity space and I need some help. That might be in the security governance and risk component. It might be in the protection space in terms of looking at what sorts of protective controls and technology do I need to have in place. Uh, And then you've got the how do I know that there's a problem or, or could be a problem in the protection space. That's all in that proactive space. 
The reactive space is, is the other two areas that we do work with organisations and that's in when they have had a breach and how do I investigate and understand what has actually occurred and then how do I remediate that, how do I recover from it, get the business back up to operating at business as usual. But equally important is not just taking them back to the point which got them breached in the first place, but how do we increase the strength of the control the people, the process, the technology that all makes up cybersecurity to make sure that this that this breach that has occurred is much less likely to occur again in the future. I see. It's a very intricate process. I mean, do you do you believe and do you see the world as the younger generations who may be interested in, in the industry really appreciate those risks that businesses face on on a day to day basis, or do you think it's all very much taken taken for granted? I think it's vary for organisations. I think it varies depending on the lens that, that different people have and the way they, they look at things. In cybersecurity, I see there being two, uh, lots of different roles, but sort of two main areas. That, that, that piece where I sit is that business and technology translation service, that interconnection between the two. You've also got these very much more technically focused roles and they could be generalist or they could be specialist. And they're very much more focused um, on, on a particular area. And it might be a particular technology, it might be a particular environment that they're looking at, or a particular capability or skill set. And I think that then changes the views or perceptions that you have. If you're really focused on penetration testing and that's what you're really, really good at, uh, and that's your core competency and skill set you're probably going to lean towards thinking that um, external um, in, external um, events coming into the organisation that would be picked up through a penetration test, those exposure points, you're probably thinking that's the major area of concern. If you're looking at information management, information protection, you're probably looking at intellectual property loss um, through loss of knowledge or loss of people when people leave a business. And you're probably thinking that's the greatest threat and risk. My role is to be able to look above all of that and to understand the business and as a whole where the business is trying to drive and then understand what are the security issues or challenges that that business faces when they're trying to go in that direction and drive in that direction. And then how do we look at maintaining the right sorts of controls in place to actually defend that protection? Cybersecurity has to enable the business to succeed and be successful. And that's why this, it, it's all got to come together in a way that makes sense. I definitely understand. I mean, you seem to have a very uh, big picture kind of mindset in the way you think and the sort of the innovation behind it. Was that the same when you sort of first entered the cybersecurity field? I mean, what was your, I guess, qualities that you thought of when you first entered the field of cybersecurity? And what was that first job? What were the initial impressions? My first role in, it wasn't really cybersecurity at that point in time. It was really new technology. And it was in the late 1990s. I was working for a multinational network and telecommunications company in their innovation hub. Uh, and I was exposed to lots of new technology. So I can remember writing articles uh, explaining what a text message was. Um, we were trialling internet phone calls, virtual reality environments, we were streaming live video. And around that time, a colleague had told me that I had to read this book uh, by Sulet Dracet called The Underground. 
and it was describing the exploits of I think it was Australian, American and British hackers during the late 1980s and early 1990s and exposure to that world of what people could find online and what they had sort of stumbled into almost in terms of being able to to get access to things in the way they thought, uh, that was really my first exposure to cybersecurity uh, in that space. I, I remember asking my colleague if he was mentioned in the book. He assured me that he wasn't mentioned by name, <laughs> but it, it was an absolutely fascinating insight to what was going on, not just inside a business, but also outside a business at that time. Interesting. There you go. A book is, that can be very influential. So going from that technology uh, space where you start, you know, trialing the internet and, um, you know, at the SMS sort of talking about that, how does that go from what you were doing then into a more cyber risk and security space? I mean, that's still a bit of a transition is required to get to mm. that different field. Yep. I was working in web-based technologies at the time, started developing intranets and websites for organisations, and that morphed into, well, what security do we need around um, the information that we're hosting on this on this site? Who needs to have access to it? Who needs to have edit rights to it? How does that work? So the security space was there. That then led me into a broader role of not just looking at that across um, a limited set of technologies, but more in an IT strategy role and being able to then understand what the technologies were that the organisation needed to enable um, the organisation to deliver what it needed to deliver. And then cybersecurity wrapped around some of that, cybersecurity and risk wrapped around uh, some of those areas. Uh, it was I was working for a local government uh, around seven years ago, and we had a number of different audits, um, as you often find when you're in a government role, and they covered everything from how our technology uh, was positioned, um, what our privacy and data protection capabilities were aligned to our legislative obligations, and also covered our cybersecurity resilience. So being able to go through that process, understand exactly where we stood uh, and what we need, and then work out what it was that we needed to do to achieve our targets in terms of maturity uh, and in terms of resilience was something that I, I worked through as part of my role at that time. And with that exposure and sort of understanding and obtaining all that information, was there any necessary revelations that you were thinking oh my God, I can't believe this is a part of the world that I never actually thought or considered of? Or was it all kind of there, you sort of knew about it, but it just sort of extended that knowledge? Uh, look, I, I went from school straight to university without really knowing what I wanted to do as a career. Um, so I've always just focused on job opportunities or where I could learn and grow, and they found it interesting. So for me, it wasn't so much a planned path as it was more organic and being able to say, well, I need to understand the implications of that particular legislation, for example, on, on our organisation and what that means and what our obligations are. And when you can't find people who can give you all of the answers you're seeking, you've got to go out and find them yourself. 
So because I've always been, I guess, curious uh, and always uh, quite happy to learn and investigate things, I've been able to accumulate this, what at the time often seems like random bits of knowledge. And then later on, they come together and you can start, I can connect them into a way that actually makes sense both for me and for the organisation that I'm working for. And by finding out information yourself, what do you think and what do you know is the best way to do it, especially in this day and age where we have the internet at our tips and communication and networking is, you know, uh, at our sort of biggest and best opportunities for young adults ever to get into? What what do you recommend is a good way to get a head start into this into this field? A head start is you need experience. Uh, you need to be able to, you can have lots and lots of theoretical knowledge and that's, I'm not discounting that. I think that's important. But you also need to be able to take roles that will provide you with the opportunity to learn and to experience. You will get different experiences when you work inside organisations, small organisations, large organisations, than when you work uh, for, say, for Logicalis Australia, when you're working at a system integrator, you're working across organisations. They all give you different experiences and different exposure to different areas of cybersecurity and present different learning opportunities. And is there necessarily a barrier to entry? Is, is it easy for people who have come out of school who was studying a degree and maybe either maybe considering doing university or any of their study part-time, is it easy for them to get in and have those experiences? That's where I think they need to look at not necessarily just roles within pure cybersecurity, but is there a technology role that has cybersecurity elements or flavours to it? I think it would be very hard to work in IT these days without having some level of knowledge or awareness of cybersecurity and how your role relates to that. Inside organisations, when you have a role, explore who is inside your organisation, that networking opportunity that you spoke about, Lachlan. It's the people inside your organisation, your colleagues, the other people who are working in that space. What are they doing? Exploring the people who work within risk. Maybe they don't work with cybersecurity risk, but they work with other risk inside the organisation that they're trying to manage. Then, of course, you have groups at university, you have alumni groups, you've got professional associations. There's a whole range of ways to actually explore that networking opportunity, as well as, of course, learning through things like listening to fabulous podcasts like Destination (laughs) Cyber. That is very sweet. I appreciate it. But uh, you have really good advice. And I think that actually is a very important important note there, especially with the whole getting into more a, a technology side. It doesn't necessarily have to be straight into a niche. You know, you can start it a bit more general, then work your way down, find little uh, crevices of, of interest that start to sort of pull you towards a certain place and direction if I was, if I was interpreting what you were saying correctly. And I think Absolutely. that that is something that is are very much underrated, especially in a time where, I mean, young adults, even like myself, need to sort of feel like we have to get everything together quickly. You know, that whole rush to be successful without really taking into account how how it's actually possible to get there. And I guess moving on to that, sort of switching gears a little bit back towards yourself and what you do now, what is some of the things that, notable mistakes that you have made over your over the course of your career's um, that have enabled you to to get where you are and what, what advice would you give to young people and 
the lessons you've learned from those mistakes? So many. So boiled for choice is always <laughs> the expression I use when thinking about this. There's a there's a quote, and I think it's a Nelson Mandela quote. It says, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And I think that's really important that sometimes we learn things from bad bosses. We learn things from making mistakes. And those lessons really sit and resonate throughout your career and throughout your life. So it, it, it's good. That doesn't mean it's not painful at times, for sure. And I think it's also really important to be open to exploring all of the opportunities that life presents. You never know where it might lead you or how it might stand you in good stead in the future. For me, one of my big challenges, I remember, it's a, it's a more recent challenge, was at the start of the, the COVID pandemic, I was working in a different organisation at the time and my team were monitoring what looked like a massive distributed denial of service attack, but we couldn't see impact inside the environment. And I was trying to balance when do we escalate and notify senior management uh, and get them concerned or worried about what was going on versus uh, giving the team enough time to continue to monitor and investigate. But you never want the first escalation or, or, or notification to senior management to be we've been breached. It, it just doesn't look, the optics are not great. Uh, but the team weren't sure what was happening. So I needed to make a call without really having all of the information that I wanted to have before I needed to make that decision. So I decided uh, to escalate sooner rather than later uh, and then manage uh, manage that um, communication through that process while, while trying to manage their expectations and their understanding of what was going on and whether they needed to escalate uh, to the board and the CEO or whether it was okay as is. Um, as well as then trying to make sure we got the information out of the team of what was going on. And, it, it, you know, at the end, it, it, the end result, we weren't actually under attack. Um, what we were seeing was immense changes in our internet traffic, which was driven as a result of everybody working from home and using internet calling and video conferencing online, which looked like this massive distributed attack, but it was really just this massive massive change in our environment and our network so you know it, it for me um you know i felt very foolish in some respects having escalated something that should have been normal traffic and just what was business as usual but it, it you know knowing when you should escalate how what specific event should trigger that how investigation should proceed, how to resource those investigations because you need burst capacity alongside the, the business as usual. And nothing was really business as usual in those early days of the mm. pandemic and that massive rapid shift to uh, working remotely. But it was, it was a challenge um, and fairly stressful at the time, that's for sure. And I would not be surprised. I'm glad that it wasn't a, a DDoS because that would be very, very worrying and concerning um, and very much more stressful. Um, I guess moving towards your back to your position in uh, Logicardos Australia, people these days, especially in the younger generations, are really 
prioritizing different values, it seems, these days. So one of which is simply corporate with social responsibility. Do you, what kind of things do you value or you think that Logicalis Australia or positions and or experiences you've seen do well to meet certain corporate social responsibility values? What, what, is, what is the business value? What do you value and how do they sort of show, um, have their commitment to com- uh, sort of abstaining with the social corporate responsibility? It's really important to recognise that values for individual change over time and the value that you perceive in the role changes over time and depending on where you are in your career. So when you're starting out, the job is the most important thing. What's the job? What can I do? What am I going to learn from it? How do I move on from it? The organisation is less relevant. As you start to to go through your career and you get much more experience, it becomes very much more about a fit with the organisation because we can do the job and the capabilities are okay, but it's then about do my values as an individual align with the organisation's values and are we, or or is this going to cause me some tension um, every time I go to work where my values just don't match with, with the workplace that I'm living in? For me, what I love about Logicalis is the focus on corporate social responsibility. We have a strong relationship with partners. Uh, We partner with our not-for-profits and we provide uh, services back into the community uh, for the local people who are, and I think that's really important. The other piece that I I'm also very proud to be part of the whole Logicalist group worldwide is the focus on the environment and minimising the impact to the environment because we want to have a planet for future generations. Uh, I have children now. I want to have a planet that is sustainable and uh, life-giving for them. So I think it's equally important when we're thinking about social responsibility. It's not just social but it's that broader context of the environment, the planet, and how do, can we leave this world a better place than it was when we found it. So what do you believe is the competitive advantage for you in your industry? What, what do you, how do you see yourself compared to or every other person, let's just say, for example, in Australia, that would do a similar role to you? Do you believe you have a certain competitive advantage or characteristics? And what are those characteristics you think people look for? In my particular role, I've had a reasonably eclectic career. I haven't been dedicated just in cybersecurity. I haven't just been in IT. So I bring that broad set of skills and capabilities into a role or into a challenge. In my past, I've got a decade of experience in communications and marketing. So being able to understand uh, what someone needs or an organisation needs, being able to build rapport quick and trust quickly uh, to enable me and my organisation to execute what's required as quickly as possible. That's absolutely key. For Logicalis Australia, what I love is the depth of expertise that we have right across our business. If there are particular issues or challenges in a range of different technologies, we can uh, simply identify uh, what those challenges are. And we have generally, we always have the depth of experience and knowledge and capability and experience that's needed to actually identify and troubleshoot in that space quickly 
efficiently and at a very high quality of standard. I see, I see. And do you believe that when you're looking at people who are sort of coming into Logic Carlos Australia, what are the characteristics you look for or, the, or, or you think the company looks for when hiring new staff in the industry? Is, is it similar to what you already have or do they look for different characteristics for, for different roles? Generally speaking, when you're looking at hiring into a role, you will find um, any number of applicants who have the, the capabilities to do the job the technical background or knowledge or, or whatever. And it's the, there's a different thing that will help uh, someone be successful over somebody else. They are things like confidence, being able to be self-aware, self-assured, a uh, good dose of common sense. Uh, that's really critical for a new graduate. Sometimes they feel that they've learnt everything, I've achieved, I've been the top of my class. But again, it's that practical lived experience and understanding that there are people inside the organisation around you that you will have the capacity to learn from, but you may need to ask, to be humble, to, to always think that there's ways of being able to learn something new. But also that doesn't mean that you can't speak your mind or make suggestions or try and use that questioning nature to really be able to help everybody arrive at a better solution. Capability, we've talked about, you've got to be able to do the job. Uh, often in organisations, that means being able to handle competing priorities and managing expectations. As long as you manage the expectations of those around you, then it will be okay. The other really important quality that we look at for at Logic Carlos Australia it is not typical but it's actually curiosity because this is what helps people uh, and helps our organization in particular it drives our business that's how we can start to connect you're troubleshooting an issue you need to be able to connect what looks like random sets of um, data points into it oh this is triggering that which is, I think this might be where the problem is and that ability of being curious and having an open mindset is also what will help you to keep skills current uh, and industry awareness uh, right at that cutting edge and being able to always learn. It's not up to someone else to teach you, it's up to you to continue to learn and grow and being able to have that capability is absolutely key to one of the capabilities that we look for. Uh, it helps you to learn, it gives you flexibility and those things are absolutely genuine advantages in today's uh, workplace. Great. And let's say the person that gets into this to this job or let's just go back to your own personal experiences, are there great ways for Logic Cars Australia or in at least your sort of role to be upskilled constantly by the business? Do they, do they offer that or is it, like you said, with the curiosity, is it more self-propelled in terms of your training and knowledge you have to go out and look look for the things or do, does the companies provide a, a good amount of upskilling and rewards and benefits it needs to be both uh, again because the organization uh, the logic Carlos australia does provide great training uh, and knowledge and, and awareness in the in areas 
it's also got access to some amazing partners, as I've said, which produce a lot of great insights and information and knowledge that you can learn from as well. But organisations, for, for a graduate, it also must be about you learning what is interesting to you because it may be that your current role uh, does 10% of, of what you're passionate about. There's this 10% that you really want to learn more about. Don't let the fact that you're only given 10% of your learning or training opportunities focused around that. Go out and see what else is out there and how what else you can learn, where else you can learn that from to be able to then bring that back into the business and apply it. And that's why curiosity is so important because you don't put those constraints on yourself to only learn what the organisation wants you to learn. It's mm. about what you want to learn and what you find interesting. Whether that's related to work or not related to work, it could be completely irrelevant to, to work. But the skills that you learn, um, doing a different skill and mastering a skill will apply. That discipline, that, that want to always be better and improve, those things do translate. True. True. And with what you learn, do you, when your experiences and how you've had sort of, when you, how you've grown up and how your experiences that you've had, how do you see the industry changing? I mean, you already, like you said in the beginning, have, is, is slowly that role's changing from when I, from when I first heard about like the position that you had to something slightly tweaking. Do you see that your role is going to become even more prominent or you think it's going to be shifting again? It, it, that's very much looking into the looking glass or the, the what crystal ball, I think. I think for people in their careers, it's really important to think about um, there being multiple pathways rather than thinking there's only ever one pathway to achieve uh, the outcome that they're after. And as much as, you know, the technology and cyber security wasn't around you know, even two decades ago, particularly strongly, you look now um, at organisations and careers and unfortunately there is still this really traditional approach, I think, to career progression. You start off in a technical role, you become a people manager and you become a leader. But that doesn't necessarily suit everybody. It doesn't suit their skills, their capabilities. And there's a limited number of roles that, that are in that, in that sort of pathway. And I think it's really important to understand that, that there, is, there are other options. Uh, you can look at becoming a deep level subject matter expertise in particular areas or domains. I think it's also really important when we think about our careers to not envisage it as a, as a ladder, that sort of only one way and the only one way is to move up in an organisation. Sometimes moving across sometimes taking a role that might pay a little less or uh, appears to be more junior, but it provides you with a greater breadth of experience is actually equally important. And I think it was Sheryl Sandberg's book where she talked about, rather than the corporate ladder, describing it like a jungle gym, where when you think about your career, you can move up, you can actually move down, you can move sideways. It's about there's multiple ways to get to the outcome. So don't narrow yourself or constrict yourself down thinking there's only one pathway for me, either into the industry uh, or across the industry. There are multiple pathways. It's really about what works for you. Do you want to be 
that business and technical mix or do you want to be that deep technical expert and which one of those best suits you and where you want to go and it's okay to take some time to work that out. I see. I mean, I think you raised a really good point, especially with the the idea of having a traditional role. I mean, I mean, you saw we can see with like, for example, the big tech companies like Google, they've they've cut their uh, jobs by six hundred and fifty percent and and keep going. It seems like um, people can be laid off and be, become redundant. And the idea that that traditional job from going at the beginning and working up and then securing a job for for a long term thing is not as I guess self assured as as it was before. And obviously, we also have Australia that is predominantly a small business to medium business sort of owners. It was a lot of service industries. Do you think it's the traditional also working for businesses is still a really good model to pursue? Or you think it's even more, I guess, enticing for people to start doing their own individual thing, whether that is in the specific cybersecurity role or in a more general role? Again, I think it depends on the individual. There are there are some people, young people, old people that just have that entrepreneurial mindset, and they want to grow and develop, and they want to have uh, be in control of their own destiny, if you will. And that's great. You need those types of people in the world. Um, for others, that isn't as strong a focus to them, and that's equally okay. I think we will still have organisations. It will never become a massive individual because collectively when we come together as an organisation, we can often achieve and do more than we can as an individual uh, as long as everyone is, is pulling in the same direction. Mm. And it, that does allow us opportunities to learn and grow and experience different things. But again, you will experience and grow and learn things in a small organisation that are very different to a medium-sized organisation, um, to a large organisation. You'll learn and experience and grow differently if the organisation is local and focused uh, in-country only versus an organisation that is multinational and focused on delivery around the world. There's nothing right or wrong about either of those. It's really about those opportunities that present um, being able to take those opportunities and seeing where life takes you. Mm. And do you believe your, I guess the final thoughts, do you believe that your job and the the niche that you're in cybersecurity, do you think that is a well-secured job for, for future? I think the best security you can offer yourself is to maintain currency of knowledge and capability. Inside Logicalis Australia, we can see the importance of ensuring the cyber security for our customers and ensuring they can do, are doing the best that they can in that space. But I think as individuals, it's not up to an organisation to ensure we have a job. It's up to us to make sure that we are eminently employable and our skill set, our capabilities, our mindset is attractive um, and desirable to, to your organisations and to others. I see. I see. Sort of leaving with any sort of final thoughts, I've been picking your brain now for the past uh, 40, 40 minutes and uh, 40 minutes plus. Do you have anything else that you would like to say as sort of a final word or something that you think that you would like to cover quickly? Back when I was at university, I studied subjects that were interesting to me. 
And I didn't really know or understand how those subjects were going to apply um, for me either in my work uh, or in life. And I really wanted to understand what makes people tick, how we use language to communicate, how our environment and our culture impacts and influences and changes us. And, and so they were the things that I was deeply interested in exploring um, when I was going through university. And I've never worked in the fields of anthropology and linguistics and psychology, but the skills and the knowledge that I gained have always been transferable across uh, everything that I have done in life. So again, be open to exploring those opportunities. You never know when or how something that, that you've learnt will become useful or relevant. The same with networking. You never know when or how something will connect or resonate. But think about the value that you can bring uh, to work, the value that you can bring to your network uh, and, and you will reap the rewards. Mm, that's a great way. That's a great way, actually, to to end off everything. You really um, summarise all the sort of key points, I believe. Kate, thank you so much for coming on today. I really enjoyed speaking with you and learning a lot about your experiences. You seem to have a lot of knowledge that is invaluable for, I guess, us younger folks looking to uh, get into uh, the industry, especially with um, your role in uh, Logicalis Australia. So I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much, Lachlan. Appreciate your time. This has been another KBI Media Production.